On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, morning all. Before we begin, remember the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, goals or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk and none are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, you should always contact an investment advisor and you can find out more about our investment advisory services at our website, which is craigsip.com. All right, uh, let's look back at um, last week, and it was a, a mixed one for global share markets. The S&P 500 in the US was down marginally, not by much, down about you know, 0.1%. Uh, in contrast, we had solid gains out of the UK and Europe. Both those two equity markets were up about half a percent. Uh, Australia was down 0.4%, and New Zealand was up 0.4%. So been reasonably stable that's kind of been the story of April um for the most part April has been a positive month another positive month you know we've got this week to go but uh so far so good you know the US market's up uh, a little more than half a percent the UK and Europe have been very strong this month um they're up 3.7 percent and 2.4 percent respectively Aussie's up about two percent and we're 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 up only up about a third of a percent, but look, up is up, right? So uh, since we last spoke, um, and it's been a couple of weeks since I recorded one of these about market movements and, and looking ahead to the, the upcoming week, uh, since we last spoke on that topic, um, it's it's been a pretty stable market environment out there. And in contrast to the doom and gloom and the negative rhetoric that we're hearing just about everywhere, um, it's it's been a pretty good period for investors. You know, since the lows of June and October last year for New Zealand shares and world shares, so we had our low um, in June last year um, after that decline and world shares troughed in October last year. Uh, since then, New Zealand shares are up 12.6%, world shares are up 18.7%. So, uh, both those indices or markets are below their respective highs, so they haven't earned back all of those losses. Probably, probably got about halfway there or a little more, but still, it's still been a very healthy rebound. And um, year to date, you know, the numbers don't look too bad. You know, New Zealand's up four percent, the US is up seven and a half, eight percent. The UK up about six, Europe's up double digits, up more than 10%. If you're a New Zealand investor, uh, you've got to throw in the currency moves as well and account for those, and uh, those have gone in our favour. We've had a a weaker New Zealand dollar this year. It's down 3% or thereabouts on a trade-weighted basis. Um, More so, it's fallen more so against the likes of the British pound and the euro, down almost 6% against those two currencies. So you've had um, not only markets that are going in the right direction, but the currency has moved our way as well. So in New Zealand dollar terms, um, Aussie's up a little more than 7%. The US is up 11.4%. The UK up 12.9%. Europe up 17.2%. This year, that's this year. We're only in April, only sort of three and a half, almost four months in. So, geez, for, for everything that we're hearing out there and all the nervousness and all the 
the doom and gloom talk, you aren't seeing evidence of that negativity in your um, portfolio reports or your your you know your your balance, uh, your portfolio balance. You know, Europe in particular up seventeen percent. That's fantastic in NZ dollar terms, and even the US, which has had a bit of a rocky ride. Uh, up more than 11%. So look, it definitely hasn't been a terrible environment. Uh, fixed income uh, has also performed um, pretty well. We have had uh, uh, the NZX corporate bond index in April up slightly. And um, so far this year, that index is up 3.1%. So fixed income has, as it should have been, uh, more subdued and more stable. Um, for the most part, it's had you know some periods of extreme volatility, but um, you know conservative assets are also performing well um, in addition to equities. So look, hasn't been a bad period at all. Uh, interest rates were up slightly last week. We saw that in the US. We saw that here. Um, not they're not quite as high as where they reached last year. But look in New Zealand, for example, the five-year swap rate is at four point three percent. And if you you exclude the last six months, then that's that's still the sort of highest we've seen since twenty fourteen. So um, there are still opportunities out there for conservative investors to lock in some of those um, fixed income yields um, in the in the face of a potential economic slowdown and um, interest rates that might not always be at those high levels. So that's market movements. Um, let's talk about some of the data points from last week. And obviously, well, let's start with here at home because the big one was inflation. We had the consumer price index for the March quarter and it was good news. Um, uh, for the quarter, the CPI increased 1.2%. So that's the lowest in about two years and it was below... Um, what the market was expecting of 1.7 and it was below what the Reserve Bank was expecting for 1.8. So good news, inflation were, wasn't rising as quickly um, or prices weren't rising as as quickly as um, people were expecting. At an annual level, and this is the, the, um, the number that sort of makes the 6 o'clock news, the CPI increased 6.7%. So you know, it's a strange world when you're happy about the CPI only increasing 6.7% annually, but um, that's down from 7.2% in the previous three months and a peak of 7.3%. And that's actually the lowest annual rate of inflation since December 2021. So, you know, year before last. It was also well below market expectations. The market was looking for 7.1%, so it came in at 6.7%. The RBNZ was looking for an increase back to 7.3. So uh, the actual inflation rate was way below uh, what the Reserve Bank was expecting. So all of that is very good news and that should that's something we should all be encouraged by, that it's looking increasingly clear that the inflation peak is behind us, that we've seen the worst and that from here things will improve. However, uh, we shouldn't get complacent, we shouldn't get too comfortable. 6.7% still far too high. You know, the Reserve Bank's going for a range of between one and three. So, you know, the sweet spot's two-ish or two or, or three at the most. Uh, and 6.7 still far, far above that. And in addition, when you dig under the hood, you see that the non-tradables inflation, which really reflects domestic pricing pressures, that was still quite high. You know, it was below where the Reserve Bank was expecting, but not by a whole lot. 
um, and where the where things really fell away was the tradables inflation, which has imported inflation and sort of international factors. So that'll be things like you know oil prices or or other sort of international um, prices, and you know that's good, but it's really the non-tradables inflation that is the the stubborn part that's difficult to deal with. So because of that, I think in all likelihood you still will have that one final RBNZ rate hike um, to the official cash rate that's still looming. Um, and that's a, that, that's definitely where the market's at and all the economists out there, they see one more coming. Maybe in May, maybe in July. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I guess the good news is this is pretty much seen as the final one. So, you know, it's uh, very much on the horizon. Either in May or June, you're probably going to get the Reserve Bank come out and go, Yep, there you go, 25 basis points, um, apologies. But here, and here's the good news team, that's it. You know, from here on, we, we just sort of plateau and we see how things go. So uh, that was the big news of the week. Um, what else did we have last week? Some housing market data. Uh, for March, the REINZ released their housing market report. Look, soft trends continuing. So, you know, sales volumes rebounded you know, from February, but they were still well down on the same month in 2022. The number of days to sell is still high and prices still drifting lower. So national house prices down another 0.8%. So prices are now down 16.9% from the December, uh, sorry, November 2021 peak, down 16.9%. That's nationally. Um, Auckland prices are, are, are more are down more. Auckland prices are down 22% from that peak. Um, however, you know, prices are still well above sort of pre-COVID levels. So, you know, at a national level, you know, New Zealand house prices, even though they're down 16.9% from the November 2021 peak, they're still 22% above December 2019, which is sort of just before COVID. So I guess the point I'm trying to make there is... Um, you know, the, the increase that we saw through 2020 and 2021 when you had those zero interest rates and all that stimulus in the COVID period, the rise was so, so, so sharp that even though we've seen quite a chunky fall in the last, you know, 15, 18 months, uh, we're still way above where we were uh, pre-COVID. So arguably a bit more heat still to come out of the property market, the housing market. Uh, dairy prices, um, we actually had a rise last week, which is good. That's the first rise we've seen in about two months. The headline index up about 3.3%. Uh, we've had four consecutive declines and um, prices are, are down about 6% this year. And get this, almost 30, 38% below where they were in March last year. Having said that, March last year really was a peak. They had a 15-year high. Um, so, you know, they've come right back down to earth, but they're still kind of around those levels that, you know, we saw in 2018, 2019, 2020. So it's still, you know, prices have come back a long way, but, you know, the, the sector's not in terrible shape. Um, Fonterra's reduced its forecast payout twice this year, once in February, again in March. So at the beginning of the year, they had a forecast range with a midpoint of $9.00. Uh, now they're at $8.30, so, you know, off about 8%. Um, yeah, there could be could be a little bit more weakness, I, I suspect, or, or you know, the payout could end up being slightly lower than that just from what you're seeing out there in the market. 
Um, that, that was all the New Zealand news. Globally, we had the flash PMI, PMIs for April, purchasing managers indices, which are essentially Mac, um, monthly activity indicators. And these were good. These were strong across the board. So the US composite PMI increased to 53.5. 50 is your break-even point, so you want to be above break-even, above 50. So the US 53.5, Europe 54.4. Those are both the highest that we've seen since May of last year. Uh, the UK hit the highest in a year, 54.9. And Australia um, a bit more subdued, but sort of in the 52 to 53 um, range. So very positive trends. However... Um, again, sort of you look at the detail and there are a few things to be a bit, not well, yeah, I guess concerned by. Um, we saw a pickup in, the, in, in inflation in the US, input costs, output um, cost inflation. Having seen back-to-back -back clients in February and March, um, we saw that pick up again. And in Europe, um, the input costs uh, in the manufacturing sector fell further. Part of that was um, due to lower energy costs. That part's good. But services sector costs rose sharply because of higher staffing costs. So um, I guess the good news is that uh, on the face of it, economic activity is is um, looking pretty good in most regions. But those inflation pressures are still out there. And when you look at the difference between the services sector and the manufacturing sector, there's some extremely stark differences. So services is, is where the strength is coming from and in, in the manufacturing sector the numbers don't look nearly as good in fact some of them look you know fairly fairly bleak actually so I think that's just also a bit of a, a word of caution you know those headline numbers look good but um, you know there's a growing disparity between manufacturing and services which is you know potentially pointing to a bit of trouble ahead. Uh, China's GDP growth, we got that last week too for the March quarter, and that was pretty solid, better than expected. Um, uh, retail sales were good too. Industrial output and fixed asset investment a little behind, but not by a long way. Um, so all in all, the Chinese economy continuing to rebound pretty well from those restrictions that we saw in place for all of last year. Um, so what's coming up this week uh, locally? The key release will be the ANZ Business Outlook survey. That's out at one o'clock on Thursday. You know, last month, pretty stable. Signs of moderating inflation sentiment holding its own. So, you know, that's good. I think we'll be watching for some of those other indicators. You know, we want to see, hopefully, confidence, you know, has, has, has reached a bit of a base. Um, we really want to see those pricing intentions and inflationary indicators come down. Uh, we'll be looking for signs that the the labour market is starting to ease up a little bit, and that will hopefully hopefully add to the actual um, the the CPI figures we saw last week, and it will point to that trend continuing, which is really important from the perspective of um, you know the Reserve Bank and where monetary policy goes from here. That that's the key release of this week. Although uh, that's Thursday, we'll also be watching. Um, this tax report, these two tax reports that I think are due out um, on Wednesday. I think you get one from the Treasury, one from the IRD. Uh, maybe they're combined, I'm not sure, but there's definitely you know some tax information coming out uh, midweek. And this should provide insights into the real economic incomes of the wealthiest New Zealanders as opposed to their taxable incomes. You know, if you're, if you're a very wealthy um, person or, or family, 
uh, your taxable income is often not nearly as high as your actual economic income because you get a lot of your returns from uh, the increase in real estate values or investment values or businesses and those sorts of things. So this this report all sort of plays into um, the government, I guess, wanting to have another look at our tax base, which is very narrow. You know, we got all our tax from income tax, from GST, from corporate tax. We don't have a capital gain tax. Um, we seem to overtax income and undertax other areas. So, yeah, you know, who, who knows? Um, it's it's really just information. Um, but, you know, we'll be watching closely what it looks like. Uh, we'll be watching for any comments that come out of um, the Revenue Minister, which is David Parker, or Prime Minister Chris Hipkins in the wake of this. Um, we've got the budget coming up next month, and then we've obviously got the election on October. So, you know, who knows? We might see some proposed changes to tax policy over the, the months ahead, and this is one of the sort of steps in potentially that sort of cycle. So be watching the release of that report very closely midweek as well. Offshore, uh, quite a lot happening in the US. Uh, we've got US GDP um, for the March 2023 quarter. That comes out on Thursday, so we'll get it Friday. Growth expected to have increased at an annualised rate of 2%, down from 2.6 uh, in the final quarter of 2022. Uh, remember that the US annualises their GDP growth, so that's not the rate of growth on its own, that's taking that run rate, you know, to use a cricket analogy, um, that pace of growth, and then applying that to a whole year and saying, well, if growth was tracking at that level over a 12-month period, then it would be that. So they, they do it a little bit differently to the way we see our GDP figures come out. Um, so it's remember, just remember that it's annualised. It not, it's not sort of just your your garden variety growth rate. But anyway, it's expected to be okay, but down from um, last year, we'll be watching the US consumer um, and the, the elements that touch the consumer sort of from the report because we're all focused on the strength of the economy. We've had a year of monetary policy tightening. We've got inflation that's still very high. Um, so the consumer is really important. Um, and we've seen, you know, mixed... Mixed indicators, you know, those April flash PMIs that I mentioned are pretty solid, um, but we've we've seen warning signs as well. The Philly Fed manufacturing business outlook um, was was not so great. Um, we had the conference board's leading economic index for March that was weaker than expected. That's sort of down at levels where um, you normally would associate it with pointing to recession. So you know, who knows what's ahead, but. Um, uh, the GDP figures will be will be of interest in the US. Uh, also, PCE inflation that stands for personal consumption expenditures. Um, so we'll get this on Friday, so it'll be Saturday in New Zealand. Uh, expect to see more of the same in terms of what we've seen from other inflation indicators in the US um, in March. And the headline PCE is is likely to increase, but. Um, at the lowest level since middle of last year. The annual change expected to slow from 5% in February to 4.1%, which would be you know, fantastic. That's the lowest since May 2021, almost two years ago. The core PCE uh, probably will look a bit more stubborn um, 
that one excludes food and energy prices and it's expected to rise by a little more for the month and the annual um, core PCE change is expected to fall but only from 4.6 to 4.5 so core inflation actually will be running higher than headline inflation but you know that'll still be the lowest since October 2021 and it's still a lot better than where it peaked the core PCE peaked at 5.4 percent in February last year so you know down at 4.5 down from from where it was last year is still very positive um and we've also got the international reporting season uh this will be uh closely watched as well kicked off a couple of weeks ago really moves up a gear this week lots of the market heavyweights set to report coca-cola 3m mcdonald's boeing caterpillar republic services uh, also lots of big tech uh, alphabet microsoft visa meta amazon all due to report apple's the one that's missing um I'm sure that Apple usually reports around the same time as those other ones. This year they must be just out of sync because they're not until um, I think the 4th of May. So for whatever reason, Apple is you know outside of the others. But we'll get those other tech heavyweights all this week. Um, we'll also get some of the major energy companies, Chevron, Exxon, uh, Mobil. Um, and it's it's been pretty solid this reporting season. About 17% of the S&P 500 has reported results. Uh, outcomes been pretty good. About 54% beaten revenue forecasts. About three quarters beaten earnings forecasts. So look, not too bad. Um, in aggregate, the the US market has been expected to report a, um, uh, a decline in earnings uh, of 6.7% for the quarter, which would be the worst since June 2020 so you know that's um you know that's that's I guess a sign of the times when you are seeing um cost of living pressures when you're when you're seeing pressure on margins and with everything we've seen on the interest rate front and and all the volatility it's it's not um it's not unusual at this point so you know Analysts are watching very closely um, the outlook commentaries to see how the the balance of the year will develop. Um, but we'll look. We'll, we'll certainly know more by the end of this week because there's literally so many. I think 180 S and P 500 companies are reporting. So um, I'm sure there'll be some very good ones, but there will be others that will be facing more challenges. Uh, across the Tasman, we'll get uh, the the Aussie quarterly inflation um, figures for the March quarter on Wednesday, 1.30 p.m. And um, be interesting to sort of compare this with our own. Um, markets are expecting inflation to have increased at 7%. So that'll be down from 7.8 where they were at in the previous quarter. That was the highest since 1990. So they'll be happy to see, see that come down. Um, in terms of the Reserve Bank across the Tasman, their OCR is not quite as high as ours. We're at 5.25 and probably got one more one more increase coming. So that'd see us peak at 5.5. They're at 3.6. And um, the market at the moment sees one more increase coming as well. So that would be one final quarter of a percent uh, hike. But... Um, We'll just wait and see. That's at the moment market pricing points to sort of August or September. So maybe the RBA will just sit tight for a, a couple of months before moving. Um, in contrast to the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, which which is likely to move um, uh, a little ahead of that. that. That's really how the week is shaping up. Um, 
couple of results also out of Aussie, Coles and ResMed both have quarterly um, quarterly updates. Woodside's holding an AGM and here in New Zealand we've got a couple of AGMs, Somerset and Channel Infrastructure uh, and Pushpay with their special meeting to vote on that um, uh, revised offer uh, that's on Thursday. So that will be interesting to watch as well. But uh, that's how the week is shaping up. As always, there's plenty going on. Um, yeah, so take it easy. Um, have fun out there and um, please get in touch if there's anything that you think we might be able to help you with. Thanks for listening. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.